All right, it's Wednesday, December 19th, 2018, week 16, the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. It's time for the championship. All right. Oh, yeah, the championship. Guys, it's championship week. We can celebrate it for a whole week, right? Let's go. If sure. girls our age get to celebrate their birthday for a whole week, we get to celebrate being in a fantasy football championship for a whole week. It's not even girls our age. It's just women in general. Just women in general. They get extra long so holidays. you mean this isn't something that's going to go away in 10 years? No. If you think that this is going to go away, uh, and, and to tell you guys how old we are, we're in our 30s, but... Um, as soon as uh, as our women friends or girlfriends or fiancés or wives are 40, 50, 60 years old, they're still going to celebrate their birthdays for a whole week. Birthday so, weeks. So this is championship week. We got the whole week, boys. We get the whole, the week. whole week. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We're all here. Everybody at this table is in a championship game somewhere. That's great. But first, we want to know. Uh, this is a very interesting beer you got over here, Glenn. Uh, by the way, my name is Jason. I am joined, as always, uh, by Dave, and tonight we've got our good buddy Glenn joining us. Uh, Glenn, thanks for being here. What did you bring to the table? Thank you, gentlemen. First and foremost, I really appreciate it. He literally brought it to the table. He did. I uh, I grabbed out of the <laughs> cellar a, Corna- a Coronado collection, Coronado Brewing Company. It is a German chocolate cake, imperial stout brewed with chocolate and coconut. Okay. This oh, wow. is a 9% ABV. It is. It smells absolutely delicious. A little boozy, but it, it tastes. It does like, smell boozy. Uh, yeah, it tastes amazing. So, so what you're saying is this is not a uh, a drive home afterward beer. Yeah, it's not for the faint of hearted. <laughs> that is not a drink the entire bomber to yourself. No, well, well, here we are tonight. All of our hearts are are not faint. They're they're very loud. Well, I'll suggest. <laughs> I can I'll hear su- them pumping. From personal experience, if you want to drink this entire bomber and make a draft, you'll make all your championships. <laughs> <laughs> I and, love uh, it. What do you got over there, Dave? Uh, I'm, I'm currently <laughs> currently drinking red wine. Fantastic. Because I'm very classy this evening. Very classy. But no, uh, um, there was a, um, uh, a Giant Killer IPA from Scorched Earth, which is a local brewery right by me in Algonquin, Illinois. Okay. That's what I've been drinking all nights before. Love the Giant Killer. Having a little wine as maybe a palate cleanser. And I hope uh, Glenn's going to share that Coronado. That's my plan is to have some of that. You can hope. Absolutely. We'll Absolutely. see. <laughs> and then me, you know. He's he's drinking the top shelf tonight. Top shelf, the best, the best, the best of the best. It's it's H two O components. High quality H two O. That's right. High quality. If you had anything about you know the water boy, you'll know. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, let's get to family fantasy football. Okay. Oh, we're not playing Family Feud tonight. We should. <laughs> Remember, let us know if you uh, pick up on the theme of the music this night. Tonight, we'll send you a little prize. I don't know if I'm gonna pick up on the theme. Maybe, maybe I'll guess later. Okay. Did you hear the first song? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so as Jason said, it's championship week, and I wanted to touch upon just real quickly what kind of championships that you guys are in. So, if we can just go, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but what I'm really interested in is what kind of scoring is it in, and is there something that you think you did right during the season that led you to this point? So, I'll, I'll go ahead and start, you know, because uh, that seems like the selfish thing to do, and that's kind of the, that's the mood <laughs> I'm in right now. Sure, Perfect. sure. So, I'm in a league where it's uh, it's PPR, it's a QB Superflex, and in our league, we have a ton of roster spots, like 25 total. We actually play two tight ends, two kicker, two defense. We have a super flex and another super flex, double super flex league. Redraft? Super. N- yes. Superflex. Redraft. Okay. So super flex Okay. Uh, you would love this league. It's like an arcade uh, craziness. <laughs> um, so so I, I should say that uh, during the year, this particular year, I've, I've done pretty well, and I'm happy about that. But plenty of years in the past, it hasn't gone so well. Most of that reason is because of the double superflex, right? Obviously, there's a lot of variability there. If you draft four quarterbacks and two of them stop playing because of injury or something, you're just screwed. So in this case, I actually, Ryan, Matt Stafford, and Ben Roethlisberger, you may think of those guys as people that maybe would not be so good, but overall this season, it's been fantastic. Um, so for me, uh, that's that's been a really good surprise. However, I drafted four because I was unsure about how it would end up. I drafted the fourth guy was Sam Darnold. And now I'm playing Sam Darnold instead of Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford has done really poorly at the end of the year. And Sam Darnold has really stepped it up. Yeah. So I'm hoping this particular week to pick up Robbie Anderson, who's on the wire, and have Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, and then Sam Darnold and, uh, uh, and Robbie Anderson – as, as two guys that are connected. And you know what's great about having that connection in these kind of leagues. PPR leagues with a bonus maybe or maybe not. Um, you get those touchdown from the receiver and uh, from from the quarterback. So it's won me a lot of leagues so far, you know, having those connections. I had Kenny Galladay and Matt Stafford won me a couple games earlier in the season. Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger did pretty well. And now I've got Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold who – Honestly, I know it's a risk, but I'm hoping they win me the league championship. They get a big, long touchdown. That's going to be money in the bank. So let's hear about Glenn. What what leagues are you in the championship of? What kind of scoring? And do you think that uh, there's something that you did right this year that, that you could point to? Honestly, I, I'll really laugh about this, and it's the truth. Uh, the only league that I'm not in the championship this year was when I wasn't consuming some uh some big bombers <laughs> while drafting <laughs> while drafting right and uh that's that's the one league where i lost last week and uh, again it was it was a sad loss but if you have keenan allen but again i think i i think getting to the championship is just being confident and not second guessing your gifts or your your actual picks as soon as you see a player and you want that player don't overthink it just go towards it. And there's one league that I'm in that I haven't, I've been in the championship. Uh, I think about this is my third time. Haven't won it yet. It's a two quarterback league, six points per uh, touchdown. And the quarterbacks have always been the upper echelon of everything. And uh, honestly, this year I waited until the eighth round or seventh round to draft a quarterback. And uh, there was a, there was a Matt Stafford there. Yeah. There was uh 
there was a Matt Ryan there. And by the way, Matt Stafford was poopoo, straight poopoo. Yes, and, very much poopoo. Uh, you know, getting getting lucky with streaming quarterbacks in some of those leagues is what it is. But if your if your core team is strong, I would suggest like. I'm looking at the team you're talking about right now. Something really stands out to me. Uh, You did a great job drafting running backs. You have Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, yeah. I have I have Saquon. Cheers to you, sir. That's beautiful, man. I mean, my my wide receivers are pretty okay too. I you hit on George Kittle. Yeah, I hit on the Bears defense. Well, I went to the University of Iowa, so so you know about it. George Kittle Kittle is like my my jam. Little Kittle. Little. He's not little. He's a he's a (laughs) he's awesome. I'm just saying things that rhyme. He's so good. I'm very simple, man. <laughs> but honestly, just to tell you, uh, I I think uh, putting in the work, having having your game plan straight, and mm-hmm. not not deviating from your game plan when you make your draft is a big deal. And that's that's what I'm just saying to all you viewers or uh, listeners. Listeners, yes. Um, so I made the finals in the Drink Five League. I'm really happy about that because of perennial flex positions or anything like that. Um, and I drafted well i would say uh in a standard league we've always said don't worry about quarterbacks i didn't take a quarterback till the 13th round um i, I started out with camara i did i had cook which has helped lately but obviously my lineup for the first like 10 weeks of the year mm-hmm. um but what really helped in that league was that uh this year and, and you can't know this ahead of time but this year wide receivers were really thin most of the year uh and i have tyree kill and adam Thielen in that so, you know, that, that's that's been a big deal for me. Um, the moves I made in the league really helped. Uh, picking up Marlon Mack was the right move. It's a bidding league, so I saved my money. I put my money in. I, you know, put my money all in at the right point. Um, and then I made a trade. I traded uh, Mark Ingram for Robert Woods once Ingram, you know, had a little bit of value built up and I lost Will Fuller. Um, so this was a team that was incredibly consistent. My most consistent team all year. Uh, I had a lot of bad luck with my opponents. I think my points against are probably really high in this league. Um, but I made it to the second seed and I just barely squeaked out a win, uh, last week. So I'm, I'm excited to be in a championship game. I, I, I will admit that that Will Fuller hit, I bet on Will Fuller between five of those leagues, five out of the six leagues I had, <laughs> and it was the biggest hit ever. And getting lucky with injuries is such a big part, but Will Fuller it is, yeah. is a killer. Well, the thing about Fuller, too, is that if, if we look at him, and I, this is a little bit too much of a, of a hindsight discussion, but um, he's had problems with being healthy in college, and then we moved to the NFL. It's the same kind of thing. Surprisingly amazing receiver, able to catch stuff really fast, uh, breakaway speed, um, uh, creating separation, really great with Deshaun Watson. But as far as I'm concerned at this point, you can only really bank on him to be healthy for like the first six games. He could be amazing, but it's likely that he's going to be injured halfway through the season yeah, at this he point. he played weeks two through eight this year. Uh, really passed, good, though. Passed 100 yards in three of those games, scored four touchdowns, uh, only had two real dud games this year out of seven. So, um, you know, you extrapolate that. Uh, he probably winds up with 1,000 yards this year if he had played the whole year. So we'll see. He's still a young guy, and maybe things will change, but but we'll see. So let's talk about some lessons from last week. Week 15 was very interesting. Week 14 and week 15, I thought personally, had a lot of guys that um, that weren't the ones 
that should have had big games that they showed up and it kind of ruined a lot the of people did have big games you mean uh they weren't the ones that should have had the big games yes okay um of course that happens all the time but i thought in, in these particular weeks there were a lot of players that had lineups that if you looked at them um at the start of the week you would have said guy's gonna win 80 percent chance didn't happen so let's start with derrick henry 93% owned, so you're not picking him up off the waiver wires anymore. He woke up from a 13-week slumber to put up 408 yards and six touchdowns on 50 carries over two games. Amazing. Vrabel. I can't believe Vrabel didn't realize this, man. <laughs> so we're talking about world beaters, talking about league winners. Uh, here's a guy who, if you're playing against Henry in the championship game, you might want to just hide in the corner and wince a little bit. Um, because he's going to be the guy who is constantly going to get the ball in this next game. We're talking about the Titans versus the Redskins. A Redskins squad that no one's afraid of with a four-string quarterback in Josh Johnson and most of their weapons, with the exception of Adrian Peterson, totally ineffective in 2018. The Titans are going to run the ball the entire game, and Derrick Henry, I'll be surprised if he doesn't have at least 150 yards and a touchdown. All the other players in this game besides Henry, including Adrian Peterson, in my opinion, <laughs> are basically inconsequential to the championship game. I concur. They gave the ball to Derrick Henry 33 times last week. They know after that big performance, let's just keep feeding him the ball. There's no reason they're going to stop now. They are in the hunt for a playoff spot fighting against the Colts. Why, why, why on earth did Mike Vrabel think that it was a bad idea to give anybody else the ball besides Derrick Henry or give another chance to anybody else. The guy is a monster. I'm What's fine with, with using Deion Lewis, especially <laughs> yeah. as a change of pace guy. But you're doing it on first and second down when you have no. a 240-pound behemoth behind there. The guy's a monster. Let's do he this. He is El Tractorcito. El Tractorcito. He is. He is. I think earlier earlier this week I sent Jason a picture of, uh, of uh, Derrick Henry next to Mark Ingram. Did yeah. you, you remember that picture? <laughs> I certainly do. Because Mark Ingram is a big guy. He's a bruising running back, but he's like 5'9", 215. And Derrick Henry's like 6'4", or 6'5", or, or something. And he's like 250. I like how every time he gets a little bit bigger. He's 6'7", 800 pounds. No, but... but El Tractor Cito is 6'3", 247. So he's he's a lot bigger than a lot of these other running backs are. Man. He's not he's not the prototypical running. He's back. about to turn twenty five. He is reaching peak time of his career right now. Well, well, my main question was: Is Mike Vrabel puts on pads and starts starts getting in the getting in the mix with everybody? Didn't you realize how hard it is to tackle Derrick Henry? <laughs> like, well, that's you, the thing. They don't tackle in practice anymore. Oh, Vrabel doesn't get hit. They oh, sh- you mean when he was a player? No, no, no. He puts on pads like he's there. Vrabel does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, they don't really hit each other in practice, no. What is wrong with these people? It's part of the rules They've of the league. soft. Instead of, you know, <laughs> all, all of these all of these issues that you see with the players where, like, the discipline is out of control and it's handled by uh, people arbitrarily and all this stuff, the, the thing that the players did get is we don't hit each other in practice. That's what they got out of the last contract. That was the big thing. And, uh, you know, in in uh, in preseason, like in training camp, especially in practice, they don't hit each other. And this is one of the reasons, I think, that it takes a running game a while to develop. Because, you know, Dave, I think, agrees with me on this. Uh, a running game needs a lot of reps in order to start playing well. And you cannot do that if you're not playing for real. And you can come close to playing for real if you're allowed to hit your teammates in practice. But if you're not, 
then it's all just kind of walking through the motion. And it takes until week 10 sometimes for these running games to really uh, become dominant. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. The Bears. I don't care about uh, a team's running game until we've actually seen a player run for you know, 15, 20 touches in one game and then repeat that in an additional performance. At that point, we can say that player is doing really well. Derrick Henry does not need any more congratulations. He literally put up over 400 yards and six touchdowns over two games. Yeah, he put half his season's perf- uh, stats in two weeks. So he, he just looked at his stats and he said, this is not going to do. We're going to try this and see how this works. Um, what is mo- it, like 60 fantasy points? Oh, it's ridiculous. Moving on to the next guy um, from last week, Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson, oh, yes. 47% owned. So here's a guy who's a little bit more uh, likely that perhaps you could pick him up in your league or maybe you just did in the last waiver wire um, that happened on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on your leagues. He put up almost a thousand yards last season, and of course those performances went ahead and impressed a lot of us team managers. Mm-hmm. But he was much more up and down this year. So he's had nine games this season under fifty yards, which is not great. Nine coincidentally, also the same amount of charges he was arrested on in Florida this January. Also not great. <laughs> has he been has the league ruled on that yet, do you remember? I'm pretty sure that most of the things that he has done that were illegal have either been um, expunged or taken off the record or are not yet... Uh, not yet uh, have not gone through the disciplinary process. Right. So suffice to say that Robbie Anderson has had some issues here. But when he plays football, he's fantastic, and he needs that good quarterback. And that's happening now with Sam Darnold. So back from injury, looking half decent, Anderson has had a... Uh, sorry, 11 receptions for 172 yards and two touchdowns over just the past two games. Yeah, so, he's trending up in the targets department, which we always like to see. Yep, and, and, and playing against the Packers defense that allows the fourth most points to opposing wide receivers, that's 38.6 per game. I would like you to tell me another receiver on the Jets that's going to score points other than Robbie Anderson. Well, well, I would also say that the Packers got rid of their safety in the middle of the league to the Redskins. I don't understand why they did that, but uh, they were still in the playoff hunt. So, so again, why why are the Packers going to the bottom when they they were on top so long? I feel like that move is similar to the Golden Tate move. It's mostly business. It's it's because those players are going to be gone the next year, uh, or or they are going to be too expensive the following year, etc. So they're looking for picks, and and Green Bay just was not going to be a good playoff team this year. It was not going to happen. Well, so his his name was Haha Clinton Dix too. So we'll just, we'll <laughs> it's a great name. It's a great to, name to be a teammate of Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez Scantling. It's perfect. <laughs> You can't add all those into uh, in together because then there's a, a major issue with uh, with specialized names. And... Well, what I want to <laughs> talk about so many. What I want to talk about so here that's very Sorry. specific, right? Is is Sam Darnold, who's been doing well. He did well the previous game. Uh, he scored twenty plus points in a fantasy league last week. Uh, he looked like he was a much more poised quarterback. And Robbie Anderson, who we all know is is pretty good in fantasy, especially yep. at the end of the year as yes. he was last year. So will they be able to pull off at least like you know a long touchdown, a hundred yards? Something. Will they will they be scoring some good points this week in championship week? Is my question. They they actually might throw off some Denver points that they did earlier in the year because they're back against a horrible defense and a team that doesn't care anymore. So 
they might actually throw off giant points. So that's a good point. And and when you're playing against a team that can't really statistically make the playoffs, does that make it more likely that you're going to score more fantasy points? Or does that make it more likely that the team will maybe resort to uh, running back points from, in this case, Elijah McGuire and just trying to win the game very slowly? Well, here's the thing. You know, you, you challenged us earlier to tell you other wide receivers that are going to score for the Jets. I pulled up their depth chart just to be a smartass, and there's nobody. It's yeah. Quincy Anunua, it's Jermaine Curse, Deontay Burnett. Like, And we had no Anunua as someone who, who might break out, but he never really did, and he was injured this year for a number of, of weeks. Yeah, I feel like he might still be banged up. It's it's the injury thing, I think, yeah, that's taking him out. he's not practicing right now. But but don't you guys agree that Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson have a really good chance of lighting up Week 16? I absolutely agree with that. I think that it could happen. Um, I would say it's 70-30 just because, just because I don't think the Packers are playing for anything. They're, they're, you're not playing for anything. You're just you're just trying to go for a draft spot. So they're not going to try to win the game. Well, and their average on the season is already very complimentary to opposing wide receivers. Oh, they're awful. So so we all agree here. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. So we're not going to talk a lot about Nick Mullins. Uh, we don't necessarily have to. What's, it is interesting, though, that, that statistically there are some things he's been better at than Garoppolo. There's no way that Mullins takes over that job. I think that all, almost all of Mullins' success can be attributed to Kyle Shanahan and the, the system that they put him in. Sure. George, George Kittle being the most amazing. So let's talk about George Kittle for a second. <laughs> Because he's unattainable, so there's not really a reason for us to talk about him longer than if you have him, you should probably start him this week because who else do you have as a tight end? <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> so clearly you're starting him. Uh, although I have seen some uh, experts say to sit him this particular week because of the matchup, I think that would be silly. Um, who we. Uh, it's like, who are you going to start at tight end over George Kittle? It's not like you have. Um, you don't have like the top five tight ends on your team, right? Like exactly. Of course, okay, you're going to put Zach Ertz in. Well, I never have a top five. Tight end. I <laughs> no, I mean all the top five tight ends. <laughs> I just right. all five of them. Like screw wide receivers. We're just going tight end heavy this year. I did a league like that. It didn't work out so well. <laughs> no, I can't imagine that it did. So, but the guy I want to talk about is Dante Pettis. Are you guys familiar with Pettis? I do like Pettis. I am. So, 51% owned. Again, that makes him someone who's attainable in some leagues. He is a second-round rookie, um, who drafted in the second round, that is, mm-hmm. who is now the de facto number one receiver in San Francisco, had problems with Pierre Garçon, goes down. Marquise Goodwin, uh, he's still out there, but he's still a little bit injured. He's not really the number one guy. Here's your, your possession and your long field target um, in Dante Pettis. And he's averaged over 80 receiving yards per game since the 49ers bye week in week 11. He's been a top six wide receiver in PPR leagues over all of those weeks. And they're going up against Chicago. But here, here is a wide receiver that has been doing well, has been trending in a good area. And so if you are wide receiver needy, then you can't overlook Pettis in a PPR league. I want to give you guys uh, a chance to just talk about how you think he might do versus the Bears based on his matchup and also based on his history over the past four games. Oh, well, I'll, I'll start. I'll just say, as a, as, as a Bears fan, uh, a complete Bears <laughs> fan, there is no chance that the man gets over 25 yards. <laughs> Don't Mike, be... Dicka, Mike Dicka might run off on the field and kill this man. Meatballs. <laughs> but, meatballs. 
But uh, honestly, I think he he could do very well if if they throw a bomb. Honestly, with uh with uh, the Bears' safety being out, they could throw a bomb and some things could happen. But I don't think that Nick Mullins has the chance that Garoppolo go. Garoppolo had a chance had that chance against the Bears. Okay. And uh, I I really don't think Dante Pettis until he gets Garoppolo back is an honest to god threat in fantasy football until he has a good quarterback against such a great team i I value your opinion but you have to understand that right now is the only thing that matters exactly how he's doing now is the only thing that matters i agree with it but if you look at robert woods if you look at this awesome 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 offense with minnesota you look at you look at la you look at all of these other offenses that play the bears and then all of a sudden you're shut down so you really want to try this that's a really valid point what do Do you you really want to try so uh, when i see this game they're playing in san francisco uh i I feel like the bears are going to have a little bit of a hangover from the division win the celebration last week uh they've still got a big game the following week against minnesota um Eddie Jackson, the Bears' free safety, is not going to be playing. They lost their slot corner the week before. I do think that this is a spot where uh, the passing game of the 49ers can excel um, in a game where you're not really expecting it. So George Kittle and Pettis, I think, could be uh, good starts in the championship week, even though uh, you're playing against a very good defense. Clearly, I think all of us agree that the Bears have been uh, one of, if not the best defenses this year. Uh, fantasy or otherwise we look at teams that play them and they don't perform very well so so it's tough to play someone against them but one of the good things that we can say about a player like Pettis for example is that there's not a lot of tape on him and whenever I see a guy who's not a lot of tape on him he's got moves you haven't seen yet and you know that's always it's always exciting and we're not talking about like a pass defense like the Jaguars or the Vikings so you know the Bears are the 20th uh, on the list of giving up fantasy points, they're not great. They're not bad. Um, so I, I, I think that Pettis going to have a good game this week. So possibilities, and we did learn that he is a good receiver. So we'll see him, I'm sure, in 2019. I didn't think that the Niners have a chance to win. They just beat Seattle last. Duh, Bears. <laughs> that would wake Glenn up. Well, let's uh, let's move on uh, to to our next segment here. Very. <laughs> Jason will tell us a list of the of the music that we played at the end of the show. I, I literally think George Kittle has his way All right, what do you say, Jay? You got a segment for us here? All right, so. A few things from last week. Um, our favorite geriatric running back, Frank Gore. <laughs> do, you, is, do you remember? Do you remember back like like six years ago how we were saying Frank Gore is about done? Guys, when we started this podcast a long time ago, uh, several roommates ago, we're back at Studio Two Six Five even way before you know, Trump. We haven't even had many shows here. Oh, this was before that was even considered to be a thing. I think this was before Obama got reelected. <laughs> Frank Gore was old. He was ancient, and he was a guy who were like, oh, he's done getting a 1,000 yards. He had so many 1,000-yard seasons after that. He's like the ancient Mayan ruins. But yes, Frank we Gore. will drink a toast to Frank Gore. <laughs> he's going on the IR. Um, cheers, buddy. You've had a hell of a career. If that's it, 
you know, it's a shame that you go out on the IR, but you had a good season even. <laughs> you didn't just ride the pine all year. Um, he had a, put up 100 yards against the Bears' defense this year. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. It was. It's pretty amazing. And by all indications, he'll probably come back next year because he hasn't said he's retiring. You know, so, the, the craziest thing is that everybody, everybody, and, and myself included, looks at the numbers and you, and you look at Kenyon Drake and now Kalen uh, uh, Ballage saying, why aren't these guys getting carries, right? And, and the answer was always, uh, if you look at their specific stats, uh, there was a, a, a stat, I think, that, what, what is the specific stat that Gore is, is so much better at? It's, I think it's the... He's um, got the best nickname. No, the, no. There's a specific stat. I think it's the yards after carry. No, it's not the yards after carry. It's um, it's it's. Uh, well, I'll, I'll look it up. But basically, he he was clearly, as far as Gase was concerned, the best running back in short yardage. Um, even though other people might have more yards per carry. This season, he averaged five yards per touch, including what? receptions. It was be- what? It's because I think his his yardage. Um, you know, had, what? I'll, I'll I'll look it up. He had 4.6 yards per rushing attempt this year, the highest since 2012 when we were claiming that he was done. <laughs> he's been doing so good though. That's why he's still you know in it. He really is, and you know what's? I mean, this year obviously he wasn't going to hit a thousand, but uh, last year and two years before that, he finished with over 960. So he was just so close to a thousand each of those times. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what what's important for us now is that Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage uh, are going to be forming a committee. Uh, Balage had an okay game, but it was a seventy-five yard touchdown run that really padded his stats last this... week. Um, so uh, the Dolphins are playing the Jaguars, and you know, not the greatest matchup. But the Jaguars have nothing left to play for. Two. Nothing left to live for. Does anybody remember when Kalen Balaj got thrown out of the huddle for not doing the right thing? I do. That was by in, Tannehill. That was in training camp. Yeah, I training. Think. Well, it was, it was in a game too. He just threw him out of the huddle because he didn't know what was going on. So I'm a firm believer. And if you think these people who couldn't couldn't cut it in training camp couldn't cut it in real life. You you rip you rip up a seventy five yard run. Yeah, that's that's your offensive line. That's not you. It's a hole. It's a it's a cut, and you know he he's pretty good. But what I know about him uh, is that he's more of a receiving back. So in college, et cetera, he got lots of passes in the backfield and in in open spaces. But he's not going to be a guy to replace Frank Gore's short yardage. And the the problem here is Kenyon Drake is. For whatever reason, Adam Gase does not want to use him as as his lead running back. So we have one guy who maybe could take the job, but Adam Gase is not going to put him in there. And then, uh, and then you've got uh, uh, Kalen, who um, is is not um, he's not cooperating with the team in general. He's had some issues in the sidelines and and in the huddles. Kalen until last well, week not, had not... not gotten more than five rushing yards in a game this year. So yeah, if, if you're not smart enough to run one or the other way, of course well, you're is, getting kicked out. This is tough. I I don't know what's going to happen here. So it makes it so unpredictable that I can't really play anybody. And Kenyon Drake, his his touches have been all over the board. Um, I I agree. You you can't count. On well, he's been great guys. occasionally, but like his, he flashes. The, his floor is so low that you can't play him in the championship game. You know he's what I mean? He's actually scored nine touchdowns this year, so it's probably more of an anomaly. 
Like, this is probably going to be the most he scores in a season in his career. I mean, I have him on a couple teams. I really like the guy, but I don't know the reason why Gase won't use him more. And clearly, he he's more intelligent than me as far as the Dolphins' offense. I I, <laughs> I mean, I hope so, right? But yeah, with the Jaguars giving up the sixth or seventh fewest points to opposing running backs, this is a matchup, especially with the split, you're going to want to stay away from. Okay. Uh, so, Spencer Ware, return to limited practice. Ooh. Damian Williams should split carries if he returns. Um, I like Damian Williams the last couple weeks. Uh, I think it'd be hard for them to not use him. I agree. I mean, even when uh, Ware idea. started a couple weeks ago, <laughs> he still played very well. Uh, I think that was the first week that Kareem Hunt was out. Um, but ideally, ideally, Spencer football. Ware is out or Damian Williams is out. And you have, you know, of course, you you want like one you guy. You always want the one guy. But this is more likely to be a split scenario. So the only, you know, the big trouble, they play Seattle. But Seattle's in the middle of the pack as far as giving up points to opposing running backs. Um, How about receiving now, running backs? I, I don't have that split. But obviously, like, Christian McCaffrey had a huge game against them. Todd Gurley. He had a huge game Aaron against Jones, everyone. I know. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey puts his finger on the scale wherever he goes. How that, is- was, that was actually McCaffrey's... Uh, Big game, 125 on the ground, 112 in the air. How did I lose in the two leagues I have Christian McCaffrey? It's insane. Ugh. Oh, that's insane. Uh. That is crazy. I had Julio and Christian McCaffrey in one of my leagues. I'm surprised I'm in a championship. That just doesn't happen. So, yeah, that's a situation <laughs> to look at going forward. Um, again, if both start, I would possibly look at options elsewhere. Hopefully, I, if you're in the championship, you've got a deep bench. I like the I like in this case Damian just because Spencer Ware is coming in from injury and he was already using Damian and it seemed to be working. But you're totally right; it's unpredictable, just like the last situation. Yeah. Well, those those awesome wheel passes that they run because everybody's so worried about Tyreek Hill and they're always their worried. offense is so fun to oh, watch. Oh, it's ridiculous! Yeah. Like just just roll out Damian Williams; he's going to catch the ball. Spencer Ware is not going to do those routes, so just let him go do it. Yeah. Let let if if you're in the championship game and you're hurting on a running back, just throw it out there and have it. It would it would not be that surprising that Spencer Ware plays but only gets like ten touches. Yeah, yeah. So the Rams are going to Arizona this week. Todd Gurley's been banged up. Uh, the Rams are right there with the Seahawks as far as giving up points to opposing running backs. So uh, right in the middle of the pack. Uh, obviously. That is the wrong stat that I should have quoted. I should be quoting the Cardinals' uh, defense instead of the Rams. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals' defense, yeah, I think, cards. is considerably better. No, they're actually worse. They're considerably worse. Arizona Cardinals giving up the second most points to opposing running backs. So it's not like you need us to tell you to start. Todd well, Gurley. do you remember Atlanta versus sure the Cardinals last week, where Tevin Coleman had like twenty-four points? This is twenty-six, but thank you. Okay, all right. I depends on depends on your scoring. I depends got on your scoring. Championship on him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, as Flex. long as Todd Gurley is playing, which he should be, uh, they did sign C.J. Anderson this week, but that's just a you know an emergency sort of thing. Uh, so you know, go go forth with Todd Gurley. And win your league. <laughs> uh, so Aaron Jones went to the IR. We, we skipped James Conner here. I could have gone back to James Conner without ever anybody knowing that we messed up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, James Conner does look like he's going to be out. In fact, uh, there's a new entry on Roto World since we started the show. Uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is confirmed that he is unlikely to play. Yeah. Oh! All right, 
settle down there. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, he he had a high and ankle sprain. Someone's a Jalen Samuels owner. So so Jalen Samuels will be playing. It continues to be a, a fantastic pickup, and especially since he played well, I think they're okay with. There's no reason because Pittsburgh will always give that guy the chance to do everything, and they draft people and have people that can do everything. Now remember, the New Orleans defense has been maybe the best defense in the league over the last few weeks, uh, and they are giving up only the fourth fewest points to opposing running backs and that's for the entire season yeah but they haven't ran into juju smith schuster and ab so i'm sorry the only names who are putting up big points against them are christian mccaffrey ezekiel elliott uh todd Gurley, so saquon barkley it's only the the best of the best who are doing it against them we know that the steelers can produce that but it's Jalen Samuels. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're running towards... And if you're starting him in Yahoo in the tight end spot, then fine. Jason is correct in saying that, you know, the Pittsburgh has an elite offense at times. They haven't played the Saints. They're on the road. In a long time. And it could be a situation where Samuels is unable to gain yardage or Saints can scheme against that. So if you're playing him in a championship game, he could score 20 or he could score 5. Yes, I agree with that, but I'm also throwing it out there that you're you're giving all of these elite running backs that are that are going against this this great apparent Saints defense, and they don't have wide receivers. Well, guess what? Pittsburgh has two elite wide receivers, so you're going to leave one running back. Well, not only that, but they need to win this game, so they're yes. going to be going Pittsburgh all needs out. This a lot more than New Orleans. They're going to go all out here, and you know, I think they can beat the Bengals as a Pittsburgh fan personally. Uh, and still make the playoffs. But Sorry, you have to understand that Baltimore, uh, well, the Bengals next week they play. Bengals week 17. But, uh, but, but as, uh, as a Steelers team that needs to win now, for example, the Ravens could take their spot if the Steelers lose and the Ravens win. So it's, Ravens got a tough one, though. It, They're going at, to San Diego. So do the Steelers. I, to, I would not be surprised LA. if the Steelers and the Ravens both lose this week. There could be another week where the whole – Division loses. AFC North just loses. <laughs> yeah. So um, back to Green Bay. Aaron Jones is on the IR. Jamal Williams is going to be the main guy there this week. Uh, he did was, well last week. Yeah, there was talk about, well, whenever they just have one running back and they actually want to run the ball, yep. they seem to do well. Yep. Um, it's Whoops. just yes. that it's completely unpredictable in that on that team. So Green Bay uh, this week is playing the Jets. It's going to be in New York. The Jets are uh, giving up the 21st most points against. 12th fewest, if you want to look at it from the other side. The Jets' defense been okay. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. lately. Um, but then again, they played, you know, Houston and Buffalo and Poo-poo. Tennessee. Hey, they held the great Derrick Henry <laughs> to only 10 points. Uh, well, that was before he was the great Derrick <laughs> Henry. It was the week that's before, before he blew up. That's before Vrabel realized, oh my God, I'm going to run my giant running back. That's... That's yeah. before he started taking drugs. <laughs> so anyways, Aaron Rodgers uh, is probably going to play this week. There's a little bit of talk about maybe shutting him down since they're eliminated. Hey, yo. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that Jamal Williams, if uh, you're filling in, you know, is definitely a guy to start maybe over the murky Spencer Ware, Damian Williams situation. I, I honestly would feel great if uh, 
they went, uh, if Jamal Williams went off for 250 and two touchdowns because I need to see You've the Green Bay Packers going. winning. No, no, I need to see them winning. They need to not have a good draft pick. That's my personal opinion. I hate the Green Bay Packers. All right, but, yeah, on a fantasy, on a fantasy impact, you're so anti Packers that you will root for them to win if it helps if it hurts them in the long run. Yeah, but yes. that has nothing to do with this but discussion. Fantasy, fantasy wise, I I would think Jamal Williams is going to have an okay game. It's like Jason but, said. When, whenever they have a running back that that runs uh, the majority of the touches, yeah, they do well. They're going to do well. He's Jamal Williams is going to have a pretty good game. They're going to run it a lot. Do you guys remember the name of that uh, the bigger guy that was the running back there for a couple of years? I totally forgot his name. Eddie Lacy. Eddie, Eddie Lacy. He's not even playing football. Anymore. Eddie Lacy. I forgot. <laughs> was he? He was like on Seattle for a while. And he then went he, to Seattle. Yeah, and he kept showing up in camp. Now overweight. he's like a spokesman for McDonald's for the quarter pounder or something. You know, it's funny because. Uh, That's a bad joke. I Kelvin Benjamin one. gets the gets all the jokes on Reddit now about being a fat football player. But Eddie Lacy was 5'11", 250. You know, it's hey. big for a football player. <laughs> he's a big boy. To get I, honestly to get back onto it, I think uh. he's gonna have a great game. Okay. <laughs> honestly, he's they're gonna pound the ball. They're gonna save Aaron Rodgers. I think we all agree Jamal Williams is in in line for a decent game, right? A decent sure, game. sure. And so I, I don't know if you're gonna so bench, startable. Start- I, don't, I don't know if you're gonna bench Jalen Jalen Samuels or uh, I wouldn't bench Jalen Samuels. Williams. I don't know if you're gonna bench those two depending on the situation. Is this your situation? Let's be honest. Well, no, I, I, I'm just going to say, I, I, think, I think first and foremost, the way that Kansas City used Damian Williams uh, as, a, as a receiving running back, okay. that is such a high upside value because he can catch some small pass and run 40 yards. You're not going to get that with Jamal Williams. You're just going to get ground and pound okay. all day long. You're going to see three yards, five yards, negative yards. And guess what? Green Bay doesn't have that great of an offensive line. Their running game isn't that fantastic. Right. They have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so uh, Keenan Allen, he was injured week 15. Um, I I did not get to watch much of that game. What happened with Keenan Allen? Did he get injured like very early in the game? Oh, yes. Because he started, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, hip flex there. Oh, no, he, he got injured right away, and uh, we were watching it um, um, early in the game. He came down, and uh, unfortunately for, for week um, 15 teams that had him in the lineup, he never came back to score any more points. Yeah. Um, but So he sat out on Tuesday. It looks like he returned to limited practice today. It's a little scary when someone is limited and limited and you don't know what's going to happen. But if Keenan Allen starts, I mean, you have to and you these start are, right? They played Saturday. They're playing Saturday again. So all of these practice times are shifted by a day. So, you know, he's only going to get a chance to get, like, one more practice in this week. He's your guy, And with a big game out of Mike Williams, I know. This is a really tough situation. I'm glad I don't have to make The thing about the Chargers is that that Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams are really good receivers. Baltimore. Keenan Allen, if he has a chance to suit up, he's going to suit up. Melvin Gordon's going to suit up because they have to win that division. Well, they're all going to suit up, but Baltimore is also a tough team. They're a tough team. I mean, Lamar Jackson can win football games because their defense is awesome. That's true. Joe Flacco so, couldn't, but Lamar Jackson can. It's crazy. We're I Lamar agree. strong. We're, we are Lamar strong. Speaking of Lamar, Lamar <laughs> Miller uh, injured his ankle on Saturday, oh. and he may not be 100% against Philly. He's actually been pretty impressive uh, when given the chance to be the you know the main back there. 
So he was limited at practice today. Uh, he did not get a high ankle sprain, even though he sat out basically the whole second half last week. Um, so Deonta Foreman and Alfred Blue are the only guys behind him. So if he's at all healthy, he will get a full share of carries. Because those two guys do not inspire uh, faith or earning a buy anywhere. The reason why we discuss these injuries is simply to to let everyone know that someone is not 100% and they are identified as such, right, on the NFL uh, injury right. record. Correct. But if, if people are limited in practice and not just a normal veteran day, then that means that they might have a problem or you can't be surprised if, like, they go out there, turn their ankle, and are gone because clearly they have an ankle. And Lamar has an ankle. And so it's tough to start him uh, except to say, like you did, that Houston has been focusing on the running game and doing really well with it. So if you have him in your starting lineup and you have nobody else that's even comparable, I mean, you have to start him, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to start him, but again... But but you have to be cautious with this kind of start. Oh, very, very cautious. I hate the cautious start. Half the time, like something bad happens. No, no, but especially with the Houston running back situation. Are you serious? Look at that thing. Lamar Miller is in the past has been glass. So what are you going to do? No, he could easily come out of the game and then not have any more carries. But but in the games that he did play in so far this year and trending with Deshaun Watson, uh, it's been good. Start him. I'd say start him if he's in the game. Start him. Deshaun Watson makes Deshaun Watson makes such a a huge distraction that their running game will be good no matter what. So it, it is nice to have a really good quarterback under center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It certainly helps. <laughs> well, especially one that's going to run all over the place, then dump it off for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Like That's a huge deal. Yeah, and Miller's having a good season. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry. He's over 1,000 yards from scrimmage already. Um, well, I don't think we're saying that he hasn't aside done from well. Last week, yeah, aside from last week, he's getting 100 yards or a touchdown in most games. It's just the... It's it's the problem of of a possible injury being exemplified. That's all. True. Uh, so, yeah, you'll have to keep an eye on that. If he manages to miss a practice or something like that, then definitely you're going to want to find another option. Yeah. So Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, I'm not even drinking, uh, <laughs> did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a sprained MCL. He is pretty much out. So for who's left this in week. Cincinnati? Um, is John Ross playing? John Ross, I guess. Is he even playing? I think so. But he catches like two passes a game at most. John Ross has the number one wide receiver. So John Ross was also limited at practice. It's a new injury apparently. Um, so Cincinnati's going to be destroyed, yes? Yeah. They have a guy <laughs> named Josh Malone also at wide receiver. Malone has actually been good. And uh, I think uh, last year and earlier this year uh, has had some good games. But... Um, they they clearly have no great wide receivers with um, with AJ Green out and now uh, Tyler Boyd who is the the clear second out. Josh that, Malone has twelve yards in the season. No, last year I'm pretty sure he had some good games. So CJ Uzoma is probably the only pass catching guy that we could recommend, right? On the Bengals, I don't even know if I would recommend anybody other than Joe Mixon. Uzama. C.J. Uzoma. So, Joe Mixon and the Bengals are going to lose. I would only recommend Uzoma (laughs) because tight ends are absurd. Last week, four of the top eight tight ends were owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues. Oh. So, you know, throw a dart, you know, is is the best you can do, really, on any tight end. 
even the good ones. <laughs> um, so that wraps up our injuries. Did we miss any injuries this week? I don't think there's nothing that I can think of. Well, if, if there are any injury issues, um, then and please go ahead and bring it up with uh, myself or Jason at drink5.com. Dave at drink5.com. Jason at drink5.com. Tweet us. At drink five. However you want to reach us, uh, at, at Drink5 has uh, has a, a pretty big following community. I'm happy to share with you the um, the most recent information that we have. I have it open right now, for example. Um, but I got to tell you, if, if you really want to know what's going on, the most current possible thing, um, then what you need to do is, is make your own Twitter account uh, and follow some of those big uh, reporters out there, like Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, etc. Well, they will update you as to as to what you need to know, and especially I, the uh, beat reporters. So you've got like Ed Bouchette in uh, in Pittsburgh. I think uh, next year we'll do a show that just specifically, uh, at least in the in the front of the show, covers uh, the beat reporters for each team that you should follow. Because Jason's absolutely right. If you want to know information before Roto World gets it, before Fantasy Pros gets it, before CBS or Yahoo gets it, whatever app you have that you think is good, if you follow the beat reporters, they are the ones that those apps get their information from. So if you follow them, you will be the first to know out of all your friends. And that's really what we're all looking for here, right? Is yeah. is being the first to know. Well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there right now. There is there is a running back in the league that nobody knows about. We will get to these guys in just a second. Oh, Can you hold on to there? that for us? Okay. All righty. No, it's perfect. We call it a teaser, but gotta keep him, keep him waiting. On I like picking songs that Dave likes. I know he's going to get into him during the show. <laughs> all right, so so thank you guys again for, for listening to this show. All of you people that listen to it during and after the live broadcast. Um, we, we encourage you to go to drink5.com and check out all the articles written by a lot of the people that are contributors to our website that we have so much appreciation for it every single week. Sean Foss, for example, does the college reports. The rookie reports. Uh, Guys who were recently in college. Yes, he's our college expert, uh, and he does the rookie reports. That's that's more accurate. I, I count on Jason to, to allow for any of the language that I may misspeak about <laughs> and, and bring that to be more accurate. Also, I'm the sober ombudsman this evening. To, <laughs> together tonight... Uh, we have a, a sobriety rating of 0.75, which doesn't mean anything to anyone. Wow. That must mean <laughs> you guys are doing good work here. <laughs> Congratulations. Not a BAC, a sobriety rating that is my arbitrary rating of sobriety that no one has ever been. It means about as much as passer rating. Let's that's, be honest. That's exactly right. ESPN passer rating doesn't mean anything. <laughs> ESPN doesn't mean anything. And here we are. But uh, week 16, under-the-radar plays is what we're going to be looking at. So now I want to bring it right up to Glenn, who was talking about a running back that uh, we hadn't discussed. 
and he may not be on this list that I have here to discuss, but I want him to bring up that guy right now. So I will uh, go ahead into uh, into uh, Yahoo, where we normally measure all these players by, okay. uh, to look up the percentage owned by. I'm assuming this is like a kind of a sleeper pick, right? Oh, this is this is out of the ballpark sleeper pick, but there's a man named Keith Ford, probably Keith. probably starting in the Buffalo backfield with Josh sure. Allen, who Josh Allen honestly runs 130 yards a game, which is ridiculous, which he should never do when so, he's a running back. So Keith is zero percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Perfect. That is a perfect thing because 0%. nobody thinks. Nobody thinks that he might actually have himself a game. He's the starting running back of the Buffalo Bills. You're right. The funny thing is when people say nobody thinks, it usually means like some people think, but not a lot of people. In this case, it literally means 0% of people think except for Glenn. No, no, no. If you see the Bills Mafia <laughs> around, if you see the Bills Mafia just around. Just look for the trail like, of broken just, tables. Oh, my God. Pray so to do you think? Do you think that Keith Ford will get 10 points? In a in a standard scoring league, which would which would warrant him being started in a championship game. If no, no, but absolutely not. But you're saying he is a, a sleeper if you have no one else and you can't find anyone yes, else. Yes, if okay. I will if say, if McCoy and Ivory are still going to be inactive, if you give me a four point, if you give me between eight and twelve, I will take that bet. Well, of course, it's, that's what you want. If you want the point range. So, I want the point range between eight and twelve. So he's he's simply saying he's going to score eight points. He's simply saying in in a deep league where you have a twelve to dynasty sixteen teams done. or a dynasty to, to take or whatever, someone to look at. Yes. Cheers. He led the team in uh, carries last week. I with uh, I I've, with I no other healthy running back. I looked at him team. earlier, but I didn't want to include him on this list because I feel like he's not championship fodder in a regular ten or twelve team league. However, you're absolutely right. That you know, Lashawn McCoy is you know basically disappearing piece by piece like the Avengers. He's retired. Uh, so there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of chance that that Keith Ford could be uh, just like Ito Smith and other guys. I think we that, just made half the running backs in the league disappear. Well, I I, <laughs> I want a shirt like that. I really do. I I mean, I'm wearing the. Did you Hyd- see the Aaron Rodgers fading away? I'm wearing the Hydra shirt right now. Yes. I I sent that to you. Yes. Oh, that was you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to own the Aaron Rodgers fading away shirt. Oh, I can do that for you. I want yes. that. Yes. You just have to win something that Dave is hosting. That's right. And he will make it happen. Well, you never send me anything for the confidence picks uh, bonus questions, so feel free to. I do all the time. Oh, you just don't win then. No. <laughs> I just went confidence. You can win an awesome two weeks in spinner. a row. What up, two-time winner this year? Two-time winner. All right, guys. So let's talk about (laughs) under-the-radar plays. Elijah McGuire, 49% owned. All the the under-the-radar plays that I'm talking about are guys that are under 70% owned, which means there's a chance that you might be able to pick them up. Good matchup against Green Bay. No competition in the backfield after Crowell's injury. He's averaging 17.5 carries over the past two weeks and a touchdown in each game. And he does catch a few balls, too. Three receptions for 20-plus yards in each of the last two. Which means that if you play Elijah McGuire this week, uh, you can you can project um, in, in fairly good esteem that he's going to score you uh, the, what you're looking for, 8 to 12. Girl! <laughs> That's for you, Mr. Masarino. <laughs> that was a goodbye, Crowell. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's about to score 8 to 12 points. 
I I gotta say I'm a little skeptical. Might, he on might Elijah score McGuire. about. He I, might score about thirty. That's Green Bay's poo poo. Good points two defense. times in a row. He's, tell me it doesn't matter. Tell me why you're skeptical. He's the only guy there, sure, but he's only averaging three point three yards per carry this year. Um, no, don't look at the whole year. You can't. From, you have to look at. Um, no, no, he was doing better before he started getting a lot of carries. You, you have to. You <laughs> so have, that actually helps his average. You have to not look at the average, but just what he's been doing. It, so it's been such a short. Thirty-five carries for hundred and two yards over the last two weeks is even worse than the three That's terrible. Two it touchdowns, That's six receptions, no other running back. Four yards per carry. Look, what what I look at at the end is if you're looking for a sleeper, you're looking for someone who was guaranteed touches. He has period. forty-one touches with under two hundred yards. You're going to lose your fantasy championship if he doesn't if score. You start Elijah McGuire. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he is a complete bust for you. All right, guys. Clearly, you don't like him. I don't know that you want to. And that's fine. That you want to rest your, you know, your running back slot on a New York Jet getting in the end zone. The difference is that right now the New York Jets are doing better. Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, the people they're playing, they're doing better. So the trend is up. But if you I want, guess. if you want to look at what has happened and etc., that's fine. Um, again. These are plays for for people that don't have a lot of good options. Clearly, you're not going to play uh, Elijah McGuire instead of Alvin Kamara. You're not going to play Elijah not. McGuire instead of even a Gus Edwards or something. You know, but Elijah McGuire is clearly a higher end option this week. He should be owned. I mean, not owned. He he will be played in championships. So uh, w- whether you play him or not is up to you, and I understand. Thankfully, I don't have to make that decision. I understand your dissent there. <laughs> God bless. My Let's... decision is more like Delvin Cook or Marlon Mack, which is probably closer to what a lot of championship teams are looking at. Um, but it, but yeah, that's a humble brag. I apologize. Deshaun Hamilton, twenty-seven percent owned. Uh, Cortland Sutton is not really impressing very much. Uh, as filling in for a guy like Demarius Thomas, who who left to go to Houston, not of his own accord, but because he had to, according to his contract, up against a weak Raiders <laughs> secondary. Hamilton could have a breakout game here if you're willing to risk it. So the risk-reward is what I'm looking at here. He's averaged seven receptions for 46 yards, and he scored a touchdown last uh, or two weeks ago, but not a touchdown last week. So that's seven receptions, 46 yards, and .5 touchdowns. Per week, Deshaun Hamilton's picture on Pro Football Reference is great. He's got like two dreads sticking straight up, <laughs> one coming straight down over his forehead, and like three of them sticking off to the left. I think the more dreads, the better. Is uh, is uh, they're very short, but they're they have a lot of character. So as Emmanuel Sanders is is not playing, as there is no um, uh, Demarius Thomas, they're clearly looking for targets here, and uh, a, a certain guy named Tim. Maybe was supposed to be the dude that took a lot of those targets. But is he the sorcerer from uh, Holy Grail? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is Tim. There are those that call me <laughs> Tim. But it's not happening. So Deshaun Hamilton is a good option for a guy who's going to get at least six, seven targets this game, period. And what he does with those targets, I mean, that's up to him and the team. Mm-hmm. But... Again, these are options for a fantasy team that doesn't have a great WR3 or a flex play. So I really like Deshaun Hamilton. And the reason why I bring these guys up is because they're guys that you could play. And if we're looking at all the guys available, okay, 
good option. So, yeah. guys, give me your uh, input here on Hamilton from I, uh, the Broncos. I, I like the call. I hate the quarterback, but yeah, mm. I think it's a great thing. I also hate the quarterback. I, I, obviously, Case Keenum can throw the ball in the middle of nowhere, and you can win an NFC yeah. championship game or something against one of the best teams. How does that happen? I don't know. You me just either. throw in there. Yeah, it just happens. Just throw it up. Just throw it there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so they play know. Oakland. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers lived off of that. Yeah. So it's okay. So Deshaun Hamilton might be that guy. Yeah, he could be. I hope so. They're playing in Oakland uh, again. This is strictly, I think, a fill-in guy if you need it. Well, this is the point. They're under the radar sleeper plays. Yeah, but I, I still don't see a lot of upside with him. He has not. Topped forty-seven yards this year. Look, what about Marcel Aitman? If, if you have if you have seven receptions and a touchdown, then it doesn't really matter uh, how many yards you have because you've you've filled out your expectations as a. I know. I just think you're going to have a better chance at getting. Uh, who's the guy in Buffalo? We'll talk about him in a minute. Oh, is he on the list? I apologize. Yep. I'm sorry. He's coming up. I'm jumping the line here. No worries, guys. So, so clearly, uh, you're mixed on Deshaun, which is great because these are guys that I came up with on this particular list. I, I like him as a possibility. I think Jason says nay, and Glenn said maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Baker Mayfield's on this list. He's 67% owned, so he's the very top. At home, threw four touchdowns last time he played the Bengals. More of the same really possible so i do like maker baker mayfield here baker mayfield. we've talked about him a couple of times so far this season as a guy who you could start as a qb1 he has had some games where uh he has not lived up to those expectations but overall this this season cleveland has been a really scrappy fun team to watch and scoring some touchdowns so I would not be surprised if Baker Mayfield scores three touchdowns in Week 16. Yeah, and, he had four uh, touchdowns against Cincinnati the first time around. Yeah. That was his best game of the year, really. 258 yards and four touchdowns. No picks. No sacks either in that game. Glenn? Let me tell you both. Who has won a fantasy football championship between any of us or anybody in fantasy football and any Ohio team? Let's let's go back to the numbers, okay? <laughs> so do you want to bet using on Ohio another? players? Yeah. Oy, no, oy, no, 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 no. Let's let's go back to the Cleveland Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think any of us have ever won with either of those players. I'm just saying I'm not gonna bet until it's a proven commodity and Cleveland doesn't rock. All right. Well, the it thing kind of, of the streaming quarterback options this week, I like Baker the most. The thing about not betting until something happens is that you won't get yeah, the you don't get, you the, don't get the initial benefit You're of, right, of but it happening. You have Thirty-five <laughs> years of misery. Hey, look, you gotta be like the guy in Vegas who just hit uh, I, fifty grand. I, 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 as a Steelers fan, are, are among the most people that are rooting against Cleveland. But at this point, I I'm actually, I'm nice. actually rooting for them almost because. They've been so down in the dirt that now they have so many good players that have been drafted in the first and second round over the last four years that, oh, my God, like as soon, as, soon as they team. click and have a coach that brings them together, they're going to be awesome. I still don't believe in them this year. <laughs> or I not. Just they might not be awesome. They're 4-1 and one in the last five games. I'm next, just next year, I believe in them. Not this year. I'll tell you who else I will put on this list that's not actually on the list. Cleveland defense versus Cincinnati offense. That is a 
That is a fucking is good a choice. Stellar move. Because stellar Cleveland move. defense has been killer Amazing. and great and scrappy, and they're Cleveland playing Rocks. a terrible offense with a terrible quarterback with terrible offensive options, except for Joe Mixon. It's basically Cleveland defense versus Joe Mixon, and <laughs> and I have to say that if if that's what we're doing here, uh, I'm saying. Eight, eight plus eight plus points for Cleveland defense. Cincinnati Bengals Obviously. giving up the most points to opposing quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Robert Foster, and this is the guys who That's uh, who, I was who, who for. both of them wanted to mention earlier. Twenty three percent owned. Just had his fourth game of ninety plus yards in the last five. Right, consecutive games of one hundred yards. Um, biggest performances against the Patriots, uh, who the Bills play this week, have been. Stretch the field, guys. Like uh, fast, uh, uh, go go down field for a touchdown kind of guys. Like Tyreek Hill, Keelan Cole, and Kenny Stills specifically. Um, Foster runs a four point four one forty yard dash, so he's a really fast guy, and he's able to catch those downfield passes. So it, this is a tough one because although Jason's right, like this is a higher upside guy, for example, than Deshaun Hamilton. Hamilton has a higher floor. Foster has a higher ceiling. Foster here could score 16, 20 points because he'd get a really long touchdown uh, and more. But if he doesn't score that long touchdown, if he gets broken up, et cetera, he could score four. Yeah, but Josh Allen is balling right now. He is playing very well. It sounds like he has Robert Foster on his team, perhaps. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm just, I just think I'm Robert playing, Foster, man. I'm playing. you know. I, that's why I have him in here. You know, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love Foster. One of the things I said about this uh, podcast in, in, when we, before we even started was, who is Robert Foster? <laughs> Let's get him on our teams. So I want him to not be 23% owned. I want him to the end of this podcast to be 50% owned. <laughs> Let's do it. I don't own him either, but I'm thinking. I think need the Riddler's broadcasting thing. I'm thinking. Get that much I'm thinking people. about owning him. In fact, after we get off this broadcast, I have a league where uh, our waiver wire is on Wednesday night at twelve thirty. Which, by the way, I think that all leagues should move to Wednesday night because that's after the injury uh, notifications, and I feel like that's the most sensible thing to do. Um, but that's that's another story. So, Jason, I'll give it back to you, Robert Foster. I like him. Uh, like you were saying, you know, you're talking up his stats and they speak for themselves. Plus, uh, Josh Allen, I think, is playing well. Josh Allen likes throwing him the ball, perhaps most importantly. So, yeah. with 13 targets in the last two weeks, he turned that into 212 yards. So, I, I really think that he's going to get several long pass opportunities in this game. Uh, and all he needs to do is convert one of them. That's and great. he's fast enough to run away from anybody's defense. Were you familiar I, with Robert Foster, Glenn? I am, and I, I 100% agree with you, Jason. Yeah. I think that he can run away with, with anything, away from anybody yeah. in the entire league. And, uh, I, I mean, the limitations of Josh Allen are just a lot. I mean, Of course, but he's been lot. great. He's been, he's great been fantastic fantasy-wise, yeah. but, I mean, real life-wise – it, it'll take one good hit, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it take anyone one good hit? Like, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but people look at Ryan like, Shazier. All it took was one hit. Yeah, but people and who you never run thought it like him. Yeah, him. but Ryan Shazier runs into people, not a quarterback who tries to hurdle people. Look, and Josh run. Allen only ran for 16 yards last week. He totally toned it down. 
If he's going to survive in the league, and it's clear that they want him to be the starter, he needs to throw the ball a bit more. By the way, guys, I, just gonna help Robert I'm a Steelers fan, and I happen to Shaliv. Uh, he he has been deadlifting like 250 pounds. Do you think he's going to come back and play? I think he'll play again, yes. Do you think that's a good idea? He's running and deadlifting. But when they told him he couldn't walk. Yeah, but he's, I know, he's deadlifting I, very, very slow. Like, that, that's how deadlifts work. Yeah, but I don't know. You and I could deadlift 250 pounds. Maybe. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is... Yeah, but not that slow. Look... Do I think that you're it's saying you're a better you're not a better weightlifter than Robert than Ryan Shazier? No, we're in not. his injured state. <laughs> no, 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 in his injured state. But no, 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 no. We can do it faster because he's worried about he's. Of course, it's physical therapy still. It's physical therapy still. It's, okay, but but no, do no, what? No, in his prime form, I don't, Ryan I don't want... Shazier would just be like he'd probably put that above his head. Like Ryan Shazier, yeah, Ryan Shazier was beating the wide receivers on the Pittsburgh team in sprints. He was an amazing athlete. He won't return to absolute form. Do I think that if he plays again, it's a mistake? Yes. Dude, I mean, that's up to the player, I guess, and the organization. Uh, I, what I've heard is is with any injury, um, regardless of how severe, if they're able to, to, to fix it and get back to a point where it's similar to where they were before or or have uh, limited setbacks as a possibility, then I think that he'll do it because that's that's who he is. He's a football player. But, but I mean, there's no rules in the NFL saying if you get injured in a certain way, you can't play football again. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying do you think as a person like, who I can't has make compassion that, for other people that Ryan Chazier should come back? I can't make that like ethical decision for Ryan Chazier. Certainly not on the spot. I you know I put you on the spot. He's the one that did that. To... What, what I want to do is put Glenn on the spot with the deadlifting. <laughs> so strength and training weightlifting experts say got that about an average 20 pounds back 198 there, so. pound male can deadlift 155 pounds without training. 250, Glenn? And after proper training can get up to 335. <laughs> oh, yeah. So maybe maybe for like next year's draft or something we should do a challenge. I'll work a deadlifting I'll, challenge. I'll go to work with Sean for about three weeks and I'll just <laughs> He's gonna just go into construction. Day. Just yeah. carry lumber all day and I'll be done, dude. I'll throw that shit right All right, guys, so we, we have limited time. Let's move on. That's but Sean will through. throw it one arm. We should <laughs> We should do a whole show about what it is that we can't do probably that the NFL, the NFL players, players can. can. Um, however, uh, I have two two guys left here under the radar plays. This is tight end plays that you may not have thought of. Matt Lacoste, are you guys familiar with him? No. Yeah, he's a tight end. Uh, tight end for the Broncos. Okay. I probably wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, uh, well, he basically right now is the number one tight end because Jeff Hireman is gone, uh, who, who was getting a lot of passes, and Jake Butt is also gone. So he's the number one guy, uh, and last week he was uh, he went four for forty three, and he was getting all kinds of um, you know all kinds of passes and and looks at even in the running game. So possibility for him, and here's the the deepest sleeper I have out of all these guys, uh, and I would not be surprised if this guy actually does pretty well. His name is Blake Jarwin. Are you guys familiar with Blake Jarwin? I think I. Drafted. All right. You drafted actually him. just not drafted him. I, I think I just picked him up on Dynasty League. Did you really? League, Dynasty League. Oh, yeah. my God. I actually uh, know 
of him because uh, yeah. I dug through the Cowboys tight end depth. Chart. You guys yeah, are awesome. Yep. See, I wouldn't expect anybody to know Jarwin, but yep. he's he's a he's a Cowboys tight end. Yes. Last week he had four uh, receptions for seven targets, forty-five yards. And he he actually seven ca- receptions the week before. He actually caught seven passes against the Eagles last week. Yeah, so he he's been doing really well. And what that means is that they're they're starting to de- depend on a little bit of that tight end position. And what's cool about the Cowboys is they have a passing game now and yeah. a running game, and they never had that in the in the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. So with that game, they need a tight end to dip it off to as a, as a second or third read. Last week, the Cowboys had no game. They had zero. <laughs> you, guys know, you guys know what I know. I know what you're though. talking about, though. So Jarwin is actually a guy who I wouldn't be surprised if you, you, know, if you can't find anyone else, you could start him, probably get four receptions for 40 yards. I got like, a tight end sleeper for you, Dave. You know who he is? You know who I'm thinking of? How would I know? Oh, come on. When I say it, you're going to say, oh, of course. It's Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. There's been a lot of injuries at tight end <laughs> in Washington. Talk to me about the sprinkle. <laughs> and what kind of sprinkle is it? Josh Johnson. Do you like vanilla ice cream? Okay. They're technically in the playoffs still. Let's see some Jeremy Sprinkle Are you going to start Jeremy Sprinkle on your team? Hell no. Damn. I picked up Evan Ingram. I still think we should do uh, a league that's kind of like the the card game. What's the? I'm sorry. What's the the card like game? Yeah, like Raz. Where in poker, if you guys aren't familiar, where you play hold'em, etc., where you're scoring the most points. Um, well, not scoring the most points, but the highest uh, echelon of 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 uh, of hand. Um, it, there's a game called Raz where if you have the lowest possible hand, you win. So I would I would love to play a Raz ball. I've seen uh, a few of these leagues discussed on like, Reddit this year. How can we do, how can it's we get cool. so the worst how players? How they do it is uh, you know you want to. If your oh, player oh, yeah. if your player does not talk about that draft that draft a, is going to be badass. If your player doesn't participate <laughs> in an offensive snap, then he automatically gets twenty points. Yes. <laughs> so he has to score. he has to start though, right? Not just start; they have to participate in the offense. Callan okay. Callan Balage. So you, you essentially Boom. want a guy who's going to get like one catch a game. So he has to Ronald start. Jones. Ronald Jones. Does he get negative points if he goes out there and does well? <laughs> no, you just uh, you want the fewest points. All right, we got to do that. We get, I'm sure that uh, some at some point next year we'll we'll talk about We're the different have kinds of novelty fantasy leagues. We'll talk about the different kinds of leagues because we have a guillotine <laughs> league, etc. But let's let's move on to uh, the last segment here we have this evening, if, if you guys don't mind. Great beer, by the way. What do you think, Jay? You got you got you got this handled? So I must caution you guys. Do not play this man. <laughs> Do not this play man this guy. Named Tom Brady. He's been poo poo lately, as Glenn likes to say. Yes, poo poo. He's playing the Bills. They're good defense. Do not play Tom Brady this week. I totally concur with this, Dave. Um, I, I don't know who he is, but he's not Tom Brady anymore. <laughs> Maybe he's not drinking enough Tom Brady water. 
Glenn Maybe is, being a vegetarian has finally caught up to him. Is there any reason why you, why you should say... I'm, I'm giving you the stink eye. Why? <laughs> because Tom Brady always beats the Bills. No, I'm sorry. The Bills are too good this year, and, and his value is declining too much. just said the Bills are too good this year. And it, versus <laughs> quarterbacks. Tom Brady always beats the Bills. I'm sorry. Versus quarterbacks, they're among it's the fine. best. fine. He can win with 100 yards and two picks. Tom Brady... Well, I, I don't think that Tom Brady... Touchdowns. <laughs> He needs to win this game. So you would start Tom Brady the this Buffalo week? Buffalo Bills giving up the fewest points to opposing running backs, averaging only 13.3 quarterbacks, points. Quarterbacks, right? Opposing quarterbacks, correct. Yeah, just 13. That's amazing. They're I, better than the Bears by two points. I would never start Tom Brady this week. I would never do it also. But it's Tom Brady against the, last the Bills. Player, the Tom last... Brady doesn't even like the Bills. Are, are they at the of Bills or are they at home? They're at home. The oh, last well, player I to put up more than, uh, more than 15 points against the Patriots or against the Bills was Andrew Luck in week seven. Okay, they saw Trubisky, who's doing a lot in fantasy this week. They saw Brady, who only had 13.7 last time he played them. Okay. You know. Did they win? Of course they won. I'm not telling you who's going to win or lose the game. Yeah, I'm telling you that Tom now. Brady is going to score less than 15 and fantasy no, points. Yeah, it doesn't matter who wins this game. I'll bet on that. I'll bet Tom Brady scores 18. All right, guys, decide what you're going to bet on. Okay. And decide what the over-under is. I'd say You said 18? 17, over-under. I'll take 17. I'll take under 17. That's fine. Over. But we have to uh, we have to wager something. Okay. We'll, we'll come up with something. We, know, we have our line. We have our line. 17. All right. Okay, so uh, Melvin Gordon. I generally agree with this as well. He's not 100% healthy. He's returning from injury. Um, they have Justin Jackson, who is playing well, so there's no need to rush him back because they are in line for the playoffs. Now, uh, the only reason they may want to rush him back is because they're in a weird situation where they're going to be between the one seed and the five seed. So that's the difference of hosting two playoff games or uh, – playing on the road and an extra playoff game yeah yeah but you're the only thing is is that they have no home field advantage anyway so yeah you're hosting your game at a soccer field but the buy (laughs) the buy is important what is especially because the team is banged up congratulations congratulations (laughs) you're you're playing a soccer so what tips what tips the balance in this is they're playing the Ravens. The Ravens are only allowing 87 rushing yards per game don't play melvin gordon don't play don't play melvin gordon don't do it and I don't even play Justin Jackson. Play no Chargers running backs. Right, don't start anybody against the L.A. doesn't Ravens care right, right now. Yeah, they don't not, have any home field advantage. Don't so play matter. Don't play this week. Totally agree. Uh, so Kenny Galladay um, is playing against Minnesota this week. That's a terrible matchup for him. Um, he did have a great performance last week. Yeah, 146 yards good. last week in Buffalo. Uh, but, you know, before that he had... Five yards, fifty yards. So Kenny Galladay, yeah. I concur with sitting him. Um, he's going to be up against Xavier Rhodes. That is not a matchup that anyone in the league looks forward to. No. Uh, and last time we played against them, he uh, he scored forty six yards <laughs> against Minnesota. Yeah, that was Week Nine. Yeah, three catches, forty six yards, um, five point four total points. He must have had a carry in there. Uh, Vance McDonald. The Saints are very good against tight ends. Uh, McDonald is a feast or famine kind of guy. Um, I'm totally fine with sitting Vance McDonald in favor of someone else, mostly because the tight end position is fucking chaotic this year. It's really hard to predict. Uh, go with the guys with good matchups. 
That's the only thing I can think of to nope. try and counteract the chaos. I'm starting the beast. You're starting the Vance. I'm starting Didn't the Vance. Didn't he go to Iowa or something? No. No. <laughs> no. So, so in my opinion... He, he just looks like he went to Iowa because he's in Pittsburgh. In my he's, opinion, Glenn, if, no. you, if, you are, if you're trying to start Vance, that's fine. But then you're, you're, you're assuming, basically, that he's going to score a touchdown. Because, yes. because uh, when he scores a touchdown, he scores uh, like 10 points plus. Yep. When he doesn't, then he's usually at clearly like three or four points. So, um, so you think a touchdown versus the Saints. That's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough one. But, I mean, I'm going to give you less than 50% odds that he's going to score a touchdown. Here, here's one thing in Glenn's favor. The last two games for New Orleans, Chris Manhurt scored a touchdown, and before that, Cameron Brate had two touchdowns. Uh, but that is a complete fluke, in my opinion. <laughs> and no other tight end on the season has put up uh, more than 6.8 They have been but very no well. no other team playing the Saints had A.B. and Juju. That's true. That doesn't matter. They play on the outside. These are this is tough the middle stuff. Hey, you, as, you're you're taking your middle people <laughs> to the outside people to make sure you shut down the small, the short routes and the long routes. So you got like you have four people making sure these people don't catch long and short routes. He's not wrong that the Steelers have a lot of different offensive options, which which tends to uh, to allow some of those players like the tight end to sneak in. However. Uh, like Jason said, New Orleans has literally been the best against tight ends. Well, seventh uh, in standard scoring against tight ends, uh, but they're giving the most points New Orleans is to opposing wide receivers. So those guys you mentioned who are going to be good are totally going to be good, and I completely (laughs) agree with that. But that leaves nothing else for Vance McDonald. The best tight end on that team will be Jalen Samuels. Who's also a tight end, according to Yahoo? According Obviously, to stupid but... Yahoo. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so our next guy on the list is Josh Garden. Uh, he has only one game over five targets in the last four weeks. Yes. Uh, two games with three or less. He's diminishing. Gronkowski's looking healthy. We've already said sit Brady. They're playing the Bills. Um I'm okay with sitting a lot of the Patriots this week. I think the Patriots are going to have a less this of a good the game. This is year that all the Patriots got you there. People are going to think to play the Patriots against the Bills because it seems like the Bills are a bad team. That is not correct. The Bills are an amazing team against quarterbacks and passing offenses. Yeah, they haven't given up uh, more than 15 points to any opposing I would, wide receivers I would en- all season. I would encourage any team playing in the championship that has Patriots players that in strong offensive positions to rethink their starts. So you're going to bench Rob Gronkowski if you have him. We didn't I did not say, say that. that. Yet. I said I would bench Brady and Gordon. Okay. I would not bench Edelman. I would not bench Gronkowski, personally. Okay. Okay. Because those guys are guys where you know, you're out in front of it, they're possession, uh, and they're, in, in Gronkowski's case, he's just larger than everyone in the NFL. So you can't really yeah. defend against him. Right. You can oh. only catch him and hang on. But I think Brady to Gordon for touchdown, that's not going to happen this week. So Jared Goff uh, is a guy who's really stunk up the joint lately. Um, he probably lost you your game if you started him last week or the week before. Yeah. Um, I Thank like you guys the, uh, for starting. I like the draw play. They have a very interesting theory <laughs> What's as the to theory? why. Uh, that he is actually Ryan Gosling. He's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so I would pick up another quarterback. Like a Baker Mayfield. Totally would start him over Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah. 
pretty on the outside but ugly on the inside Ooh. we're all ugly on the inside it's just like goop and bones <laughs> and blood and the stuff. ugly gosling is what you're saying the ugly if you gosling. like pulled your skin off nobody would be attracted to you thank you thank you let's for not pull Chicago. Our... i would say thank you chicago <laughs> nobody Bears. pull their skin off please. honestly <laughs> everybody everybody who is who has lived off the rams offense <laughs> thinking their team is the best thing i totally agree since sliced bread guess what the Bears showed you guys what like, happened. Oh, was your was your I, offense okay, Todd Gurley and Jared good, Goff? Yeah, you're but done. You must give <laughs> yeah. credit to the Detroit Lions for showing everybody how to beat the Rams. The Lions are bad, and they didn't actually beat the Rams. They did but they the right thing. They provided the blueprint. They did the right thing. But there though. was still a the high number. There was still What's a high number of fantasy points. There was still <laughs> a high number of fantasy points during that game. The Bears actually showed people like the Bears hey, shut them down. Yeah. Where said, oh, go. okay, this can be done easy. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, you have Khalil Mack. But then they beat the, you know, they lost to the Eagles last week. That almost diminishes the Bears' win a little. You better call him down there. <laughs> so last on our list is Tevin Somebody Coleman. Somebody broken. Tevin Coleman had a be broken next week. Great. <laughs> I think that golf is plenty broken. You want to talk about broken teams, let's talk yeah. about Carolina. Oh, uh, but yeah, Tevin Coleman. The only thing that works uh, there is Christian McCaffrey. He's he's just a jack in the box. Coleman is a tempting start because Ito Smith is not going to be playing. Um, right. And they're bringing in Brian Hill uh, and Jeremy Langford. If you, I know Glenn, you may remember him. He was the starting running back last year for the Chicago Bears he at was, the start of the season. He was. He was the man. Uh, Jeremy Langford, yeah, not the man. Was... Decidedly not the man. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Atlanta Falcons this John, week. John Fox play the Jerry, Panthers. Jerry Lanford was the starting running back. Of I'm that John NFL. Fox. That's oh. hilarious. That's that's how good Jeremy Lankford is. So let's let's just put that in perspective. So the Carolina Panthers did a really good job on defense against New Orleans last week, and uh, based on the way that the Atlanta Falcons have been playing, especially away from home. They stand no chance in this game. I do not do not buy into the fantasy fool's gold that is Tevin Coleman's performance of last week. I actually think if anyone is to be a sleeper, then I could I could recommend along with with Keith, who you're talking about, um, Brian Hill, because I've heard a couple of press conferences and some tweets about how they want Brian Hill to kind of try out for the uh, running back position, um, depending on how they feel about. Uh, Tevin Coleman, Ido Smith, uh, and obviously Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman, yeah. So uh, the the running back position as a starter for next year is totally up in the air, and Tevin Coleman, totally up in the air. But to think that you're going to get the points that Tevin Coleman had last week this week, not going to happen. Yeah, the guys who were doing okay. I mean, Kamara obviously is a special talent, but like Nick Chubb. Chris Carson, Alex Collins, Saquon Barkley, guys who are going to be bruisers uh, are the only ones who have any chance against Carolina. Those more finesse guys like a Tevin Coleman, uh, he's too tall. He's not big enough. He's not like Derrick Henry. You know, he's like 25 pounds lighter than Derrick Henry, but almost the same height. Yeah, it's not the right kind of situation. Right. So I uh, I, I like that list uh, that you came up with here, Dave, of the guys who you should not start. I agree with all of them. 
Well, that's amazing. Uh, I don't think there's anything we've agreed on an entire list. It takes the whole we at the very end of the season at the very end of it the It takes last 16 podcast, weeks. We finally uh, completely agree on something. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, Glenn, come on over here, man. Let's uh let's send ourselves off with uh with I a, think we lost Glenn. With a hoot. All right. Here he is. Glenn, thanks for joining us. Cheers. Uh, Dave, thanks for a good season. Of good course. luck in your championship game. I hope that you uh, take home the trophy. And we'll see you guys next season. Uh, maybe uh, you know a podcast or two in the playoffs. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll dip into the playoffs. It'll be fun. But cheers to you and good luck. Win the championship. Cheers, everybody. Jesus.